Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And both head coaches for both teams could be gone. What do you think about the game and which one's more disappointing? Can we time out? I just started my recording. (laughs) (laughs) So ask me that question again, Kevin. What was the most disappointing thing about the weekend? All right, Um, how about another clap test since that first one was so sorry? (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. On zero, we'll do a clap test. My bad. I'm so sorry. Three, two, one, zero. Okay. I'm recording now. So. What's up? Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Just Play Podcast. You like apples? Welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play Podcast. Kevin here joined by Uncle Tony and Pops. And Pops was so frustrated with... The lack of effort and just not show up by the Cowboys. He almost didn't show up for this podcast. We recorded about 10 minutes and he realized he wasn't recording. So, you know what? Turn the page. Availability is the best ability. Pops, we're glad to have you. Thank you. I apologize for the uh, for the Cowboy, for the Dallas Cowboy thing that I did to begin the podcast. Tony, did you see he kind of even had one of those that, that face that Dak Prescott has when he throws the second pick and he just doesn't know what's going on. You know, he just we had our own Dak Prescott here and the playoffs roll around the big eyes, the scared look. Yeah, yeah, scared look and just slinging it wherever he could find a space. Well, so, Tony, the NSC. Oh, go ahead, Pops. Well, I wanted to talk about you were talking about before I told you that I wasn't recording, um, which which win or which loss was more devastating. And I don't know if, Tony, you want to reiterate what you what you said. So we were we said that between the NFC East, it was just a total no show by that that division. And so, Tony, Eagles losing to the Buccaneers 30. 32 to 9. Let me get the 32 to 9. Yeah. Or the Cowboys losing to the Packers 48-32. Which one was the more disappointing loss? I d- disappointing loss <clears throat> the Eagles because they gave up because I'm used to being disappointed by the Cowboys. They continue to do stupid things. So why should I expect anything else but stupid things from the Cowboys? And I'm going to I'm going to Get into that in just a second. Shout out to Prestige Worldwide for something here in just a minute. But the Eagles, 
they couldn't tackle. They 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 couldn't they couldn't put down a paper bag. It looked like they were chasing people, and the the wind was blowing, and they couldn't catch that plastic bag in the Home Depot shopping or in the parking lot. It was terrible, terrible. They gave up. That was the first time I've seen in the a team in the playoffs give up. Yeah, I mean, part of that uh, Cowboys game pops was it looked, and we'll get more into it, but it looked just from the coaching standpoint, like the players weren't necessarily, I think, playing soft. They just were getting undressed in every angle. Like the, the defense knew what Dak was trying to do, and he was th- they were reading him like a book. The the Cowboys defense was getting just shredded by, I mean, a, a Packers offense that is rolling right now. But then to that other game, the Bucks Eagles. While I like Baker Mayfield and thinks he plays hard, and I, I and I kind of root for him even a little, it didn't. The Bucks didn't necessarily look great. They just looked like a team that actually tried, and the Eagles looked like a team that didn't even want to be there Monday night. And that's your reigning NFC champs, pops. Yes, I agree. And that that Eagles loss was bad. Uh, I didn't watch much of it. I was trying to finish up suits because I'm not enamored with football any longer. But I, I think the Cowboys' loss was more difficult. Um, now, I'm much more of a fan of the Cowboys, but they had been playing well. The last game of the regular season, they went in and looked fantastic. Uh, the defense, although they hadn't been playing as well as they had at some parts of the season, I don't know, did Micah Parsons play in the game? I don't remember seeing him a lot. He dropped back uh, in coverage. Well, he didn't, th- he didn't cover anybody because Jordan Love was throwing to wide open receivers all day long. It wasn't like he was trying to fit things in tight windows. Um, but so I just think the defense uh, of Dallas, I mean, if Dan Quinn is looking for a job and, you know, I think he's high on the list of some people, but boy, the way that defense looked was, was, I mean, Dak did have that deer in the headlights uh, look for sure. And he and, and CD lamb, you know, obviously got off uh, somehow bad initially, but, but I think it was the defense that let us down as much as anything. And then Dak started pressing. We just can't play from behind. So, to me, the more disturbing – because Philly had been – what did they lost? Five of their last six? You know, they were on a tailspin They were 10-1 anyway. at one point. Yeah, they were 10-1. They've one. been just seven weeks. I think they've lost six of the last seven and, and, weeks. But and I remember Pops, it was I think a real debate be, okay. as to who was the best team. You know, San Francisco uh, or Philly. Yeah. That was a serious debate. The best team in the NFL – for a while, and and boy, then Philly took a tailspin. So that's where I stand on it. Well, we are getting, we are recording this pops. I, I, I now realize what Tony was uh, uh, mentioning a moment ago. We're recording this on Wednesday night, and pops, the Cowboys ha- are not parting ways with Mike McCarthy. He will be back for another year next year. Mm. I was about to say, could both of these coaches, Eagles and Cowboys, be? Uh, vacant and looking for a new position tony it looks like the cowboys will not uh just throw up a little in my mouth what, what's your thoughts tell them so i don't want to i don't want to take all the thunder away from dr lift he and i talked about sometimes you got to have a little bit of that salve that chapped ass yeah and i'm telling you right now i gotta have a little salve and i've said this before and and it was several years ago when the cowboys just predicted so bringing mccarthy back and not making any changes the Dallas Cowboys are the most valuable franchise in any sport, right? Well, I, I, I take that back. I think there's a soccer team that maybe, maybe Man U is, but in the NFL, there's not a more valuable franchise than the Dallas Cowboys as far as money is concerned. Their performance is ridiculous. 
Now, I heard so that on that game as they were leaving, they said, you got to make the decision. Is there a coach that's better? Will, if you let go of your coach, will somebody pick him up right away? If that's the case, then don't fire him. I don't care. You, it, it, it's uh, Prestige Worldwide and I talk about it. It, it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. This is ridiculous. Until And here it is, sports fans. Until people stop going to football games and stop buying Cowboys merchandise and stop putting stars on the side of their their cars and their hats and their underwear, this is not going to change. He's making money. He doesn't care. He does not care about the performance on the field. He does not care about that. As long as that occurs, until you hit him in the pocketbook or take him out of the business... There's not going to be any changes in what the Cowboys are doing. They're going to they're going to flirt with it. And they're going to be they're going to win 10, 11 games and then fall flat on their ass because they don't care. They don't put quality out on the field. I'm done. You really think Jerry Jones doesn't care about winning? I I, I don't I don't think I believe that, Tony. I mean, I hear I what you're saying and I agree with a lot of it, but I think Jerry Jones cares. He just sometimes can't quit stepping on his own, you know what? No, if he cared, if he cared about winning, Mike McCarthy's not the coach. If he cared about when he would make these tough decisions and cut these guys off, these fuckers got to go, got to go. But if you're so not going to do this, you've got to make a change. And he's not changing his fault. He's not changing what he's doing. He's not winning. I think, I think I lean to where Pops is saying. I do think Jerry wants to win really badly, but he wants to win and still be Jerry. And I think the reason it took a few days, like for this announcement came on Wednesday instead of on Sunday or even Monday morning, is because I bet they reached out to a Mike Vrabel. And I don't think Vrabel has interest coaching. That, that was his problem with Tennessee, is the new owner at Tennessee wanted to be more of an owner and not just like, hey, I'll let, I brought in you to be the coach. You just be the coach. And so I think he was like, oh, okay, well, we're not getting Vrabel. We might not get Bill. And then he goes, he looks – the Cowboys, the last three years, 12 wins each of the last three years. This past year, they're first in points per game, ninth in points allowed. Two years ago, fourth in points per game, sixth in points allowed. 2021, first in points per game, eighth in points allowed. That, and so he's looking at the paper, and like Pop said, he's looking at this, the box score of the playoff game. He goes, well, we're we're not far off. We're, we could do it. And I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly with him, but I think he thinks this is a way to win, and I just – I think we're going to run it back and do the same thing again next year. They're going to win 11 or 12 games, get on some hot streaks, but they lose to every well-coached team because that's one thing they're not. They're that's not it. Well-coached. They lose to every that's well-coached it. team. Kevin. We thought we thought earlier this year they lose to the good teams because we weren't one of those teams. Talent-wise, we are those teams. They're just poor coach. That's why you see a Shanahan undress Dan Quinn. You see LaFleur. I mean, you watch that game – not all the the Dak plays that look bad. If you, I, I've seen a lot of breakdowns, you know, a lot of these uh, Twitter breakdown guys and stuff, and showing the all twenty two, the play the, the the Packers knew exactly what we were running because Mike McCarthy is very predictable. Dan Quinn was very predictable, and Lafleur knew exactly how to crush him, and they were killing him with those Romeo Dobbs deep in cut routes. And as soon as we decided, we waited two quarters till halftime to adjust. And that's when I can't remember who hit the route, but someone did it again to Stefan Gilmore and made him look just goofy. We're always one step behind coach coaching wise, but yet 
Jerry kept him around. I, that, that's my rant. I think we lose to all these good teams because we're just poorly coached. We're not. We have the talent. We're just not well coached. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you're right. I think it's the coaching is is the we, we're talented enough, and it's like that athlete you know that comes up in high school and and even college, and they're just their athleticism just keeps on putting them better than everybody. And I think the athleticism that some of the Cowboys players has. But there comes a time when you, you got to be more cerebral than the guy across the line from you. You got to outthink him. And that's where the Cowboys are lacking. So that's why I feel like when we play some of these not as good teams, we run it up and we look great because they are a really good team and the scheme's not bad. But when it gets, when you get to the playoffs, there's adjustments being made. Like that drive didn't work. Why didn't it work? Like, like the Cowboys are just like, this is what we do. We just got to keep doing it. And that's why the Packers just, pant, Matt LaFleur just pants them. On national TV, it was a, they were going up and down the field, left and right. I mean, it was just embarrassing, Tony. So I'm gonna so to, well to talk about the game. I, I thought Green Bay actually won that game more than the Cowboys lost it, and, and and we'll talk more about Green Bay and San Francisco. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But Jordan Love can get out of the pocket and be effective, and the Cowboys can't handle that. If you're in the pocket, Micah Parsons will get to you. Um, but he got out of the pocket and was effective with it. And I think that they had a great game plan and, and they did not adjust to that. But, but here's the thing I'd like to say. Um, so the Cowboys made two critical uh, personnel decisions through the year that ended up hurting them. And the first was at the very beginning. that They made a decision that Tony Pollard was going to be their lead back. And he was not ready for that. And, and I, I don't think there's anyone that can debate that Tony Pollard was not ready to be a lead back and is not a lead back in the NFL. The Cowboys made that decision. That's a GM decision. That's a personnel decision. That was a bad decision. And it cost them because they couldn't run the football. When you can't run the football, you, everything goes. And we're going to talk about that the teams remaining in this playoffs can run the football for the most part. Um, and they can't run the football. So that was a bad personnel decision, not having a banger or getting a lead back. Uh, for the Cowboys. The second thing, when Vander Esch went down, they had the opportunity to go out and get uh, Philadelphia went and got two big uh, defensive linemen in through trades. And there were linebackers available for them to get, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And uh, so that's a second personnel say that could have real a linebacker to help Micah Parsons would have been a big help this weekend and may have been a difference maker. They didn't do it. And so those are personnel decisions GMs need to make, and the GM for the Dallas Cowboys did not make good personnel decisions. And that's got to change. It's got to change. There is a new head coach and GM in in Carolina because of a personnel decision, right? Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. There is a new Carolina head coach because of that. There's not in Dallas. There's there's, There's no accountability. That has got to change. Yeah, and I just think the the keeping Mike McCarthy thing, it's he's like and that's just speculation, but I feel like Jerry's like, Well, I mean the floor is we're a really good regular season team, win twelve wins. And like Tony said, he does look at the money situation. Don't get me wrong, I do think he's cashing checks. And they're twelve wins and he's like, This fan base will get around us and we just need the ball to bounce our way a little bit and we'll be fine. And I just think he's totally off. I do want to give a moment to just say a shout out to the Packers because we, Tony, I think I like before it. this week kind of said he was nervous about it because that yeah. offense has been humming. Jordan Love's been playing really well yeah. and they're young and almost too young to even 
know what how big a situation they're in, and they're they don't Jordan know Love's playing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying Jordan Love is you know Patrick Mahomes esque or Aaron Rodgers. He's still got a long way to go, but he does every now and then he kind of like does a little like Tony was saying. He, he breaks the pocket and extends a play and kind of flicks his arm. And there's some stuff where I'm like, oh, there's something. There's something special maybe there. And I mean, I don't know. If, I think they beat the Packers, but. There's talent. They're young as hell, but there is talent all over that team. Yeah, no doubt. And then you know how they did it, Tony? Just great personnel decisions. They're just drafting well. They're and it might not be what the, the fans want. They're drafting a quarterback in the first round when you got Aaron Rodgers. And it seems dumb, but they're drafting receiver. I don't know. Yeah. They just they run a they run a good program. All the all the hype of you know, when Jor, uh when Aaron Rodgers was so mad about, you know, was gonna help help hold out because they drafted Jordan Love. There's a reason they drafted Jordan Love. Look at that. And and I wish every organization would do that, would hold that quarterback two to three years before putting him out there. Uh, Mahomes was didn't play his first year. Jordan Love not playing his first three. The, the amazing. You can see the difference. And uh, a great – but, man, have they – they hit the jackpot on their offensive players. Now, we'll see what they get. Um, Aaron Jones <laughs> – <laughs> Another shout out to Prestige Worldwide. It'll be interesting to see where Aaron Jones ends up next year. Who knows? Maybe the Cowboys. Uh, but um, y- you know the um, he loves scoring in, in Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, that much. yeah. And uh, but they're 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 two. They've got two rookie uh, tight ends that are phenomenal, and they've got three rookie four rookie wide receivers that are phenomenal. Um, and Christian Watson, who is pretty damn good too. They're they're set. They're really they're in really great shape, and um, shout out to them. I push back a little on, and I don't know the the right answer because I do think you saw Jordan Love grow a lot this year, just getting reps. They started what two and seven, mm-hmm. and he did at times. He started out good, and then he had about a four week span where he just looked bad. And I think I even might have wrote him off. I don't know. I hope I didn't, but I might have. And he and he and he was able to like the reps helped him. So I do think the reps help, but. I think maybe Tony to you, to what you're saying, sitting him lets him kind of even though he went through that bad stint, and it also helps being in a good good organization where you're, the owner is not going on the radio every Monday morning to give his opinion. But he he grew from it, and maybe being able to sit for a year or two, he knew he's like, I got it. I just need to go a little faster. I'm not broke like Bryce Young. Maybe the re- the reps I do think are valuable, but at some point it's like. Maybe I'm just not the NFL. Cool. Like they kind of get, they get broken a little Don't bit. Break your and they spirit. start to lose yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I got to give. I, I just think Matt Lafleur is a really good head coach. I think he. I think they're a solid team, and to deal with what they've dealt. Aaron Rodgers put them in a bad spot a lot, and it was kind of it's pops out. You might have heard Rosillo talk about this some, but he's been saying it for weeks, like or years. Aaron Rodgers complained so much about Green Bay, and I'm like, I just don't think you know. How well you got it in Green Bay. It's actually yeah. a really good organization, and the grass is not always greener. And it shows that, oh, Aaron Rodgers was really good. We're not saying that he's not a Hall of Famer, but that program and that organization still seems like they're running pretty solid without that Hall of Famer. You know, I heard a pretty interesting take today, and, and I'll give credit. It was Cowherd that, that said it. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a nonconformist. I mean, I don't care which – if you say the sky's blue, he's going to go, well, uh, really? You know, maybe not. You know, I, I just think he he's going to do things his way just because that's who he is. And I think Jordan Love is more a quarterback that will listen to Lafleur, Lafleur and, and you know, hit the spot, you know, play the play the, the scheme that they've got. 
and, and trust the scheme, trust, trust the game plan, trust the scheme, trust the game plan. Uh, and and I think that uh, Green Bay is a better team right now without Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. They're a better football team without him. And and I I, I just to me that's a fact. And anyway, that's I what I think. So, Tony, one of the reasons I think a lot of Cowboy fans were hoping they would move on from Mike McCarthy partly was just because they're the only team to ever go three straight years with 12 wins and not even make it to a conference championship game. But also because the I think we're in a little bit of a rare situation where there's some really good coaches available. I mean, there's Bill Belichick's arguably the best coach of all time. Mike Vrabel, who I think everybody considers to be a really good coach. Pete Carroll sounds like he wants to coach. And he's still, I mean, he's a good coach, but it doesn't look like the, obviously the Cowboys are moving on. But I do want to get your thoughts on the Eagles after losing their offensive defensive coordinator. It looked like Sirianni had no idea what he's doing. I was reading that on 10 different occasions, the Bucks generated unblocked pressure, meaning there's just a man running right at Jalen Hurts untouched. That's the most ever by or most by defense all this season. And that's been Philly's problem all year. Either Hurts doesn't pick up the blitz or Sirianni never came up with like, a scheme or situation like, all right, if they're blitzing the hell out of us, here's how we can give you a hot Counteract it, yeah. I think Sirianni, I, just, I don't like him that much, like some of the things he's done. And it might be because he's wearing an eagle on his chest. I'll be honest. There's a little <laughs> bias. But I don't really like the way he carries himself. And it did look like they went on a tailspin. And it's not because that roster's not crazy talented, Tony. So do you think there's a chance that coaching position's open or do they run it back with Sirianni? I definitely think there's a chance. I don't know exactly what uh, Lurie has invested in Sirianni at this point, if he's in the middle of a contract, if he got his extension after the <clears throat> Super Bowl run last year or what. It could be too expensive for him to let him go. Um, but I will say this. Yeah, the, the, the best way for, for a coach to get fired is to lose his team. And there's no doubt that, that Sirianni lost that team. Uh, during these last four or five ball games, and um, now we may find out, and and, and I, I shout out to the um, announcers there in that game, but uh, that it, we may find out that Jalen hurt is hurt worse than he's. The, there's going to be the report that came out that yeah, his knees yeah, worse, than- knees worse or something because he certainly was playing very timidly um, in the in the last four or five ball games, and um, and so, but that is a. a it, it is a, a factor of the of not having the line in front of him to, to keep him out of trouble. And so th- that's the question for me. If they felt like Sirianni lost the locker room and lost the respect to the players as young as he is, I think he's gone. I think because he has no track record. And then all of a sudden you say, well, well, Steichen, was he the real genius? Uh, you know, and, and so th- there's going to be those thoughts. And um, I don't know. I think he probably gets another chance. But if if for some reason they come back and say, "Dude, you suck," that, that he's gone, suck as a person. Okay, well, I don't mean that suck. I mean obviously suck. I mean anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> as your, as your, how you're coaching the team. But that's right. So in general, the wild card round was not necessarily a super fun week of football watching. There was a lot of blowouts. I mean, we just mentioned that Packers Cowboys. The score is forty eight thirty two. That is way closer than it felt watching. Same with the Bill Steelers. The Steelers kind of crept in there a little at times, but it, it felt like one team was superior. Bucks, Eagles, same. And the Chiefs and Texans both win convincingly. But we did get one fun one in that Rams-Lions game 
which is one of the games other than the Cowboys game because I was looking forward to for my stupid fandom, which I don't know why I root for this team. But <laughs> other than that, the Lions-Rams was the one I was really interested in because it's golf going up against the Rams. It's Stafford going back home to Detroit. I, I kind of like uh, Stafford and Eric McVay, and it was kind of this retooled young roster that they've gotten back here. And then you had Detroit trying to win their first playoff game in three decades or whatever it was. It really played out well. Tony, I want to know your thoughts because, I mean, the Rams could have won this one. And I think you were last week saying the Rams are frisky. And I I agree. I mean, they would have won this. They were frisky in the next round. So what was your thoughts on the game or one one possession game of the wild card round? Yeah, it was a fun game, and, and it lived up to the expectations. I think that some folks may have wanted to see a little bit higher score than that, but I thought the offense was both offenses and defense. The first half was moving. Oh, they made great plays all over the place. Uh, I, I think it came down to and, and I was really um, surprised by this. And I don't know if if Kyron Williams got a stinger or what, but he was in and out of the lineup in the second half. But Towards the second half, he was questionable to return with an yeah. injury. I can't remember what it was. And so the Rams had three possessions inside uh, the 20, inside the red zone, and came away with three field goals and had first and goal, I believe, on all three of them. And if I have it correct, they ran the football on one of those nine plays inside the 10-yard line which is very much out of character for Sean McVay. And so I don't know if he tilted a little bit and, and the Lions gave him a look that he wasn't ready for, but that was the ball game. <clears throat> if he, if they score a touchdown on any one of those three possessions, and normally you do, uh, they win that football game a very uh, – at least it would have been a much different uh, fourth last five minutes of the fourth quarter. But I thought – Jared Goff did exactly what he did. He got it to his man, Amon Ra, and let him make plays. And Stafford got it to now. And I know we were talking about this during the game to Puka Nakua, who I, I'm just telling you, this this kid may be the next. He's not Jerry Rice statue, statuesque, but he could be that guy, that late-round draft pick that all of a sudden becomes one of the best players in the NFL because he certainly has the mindset for it. But – Let's not declare it. It's one season, one game. Let's not do that. But Stafford knew who to get the ball to, and Goff knew who to get the ball to. Detroit, and this will be a factor next week, Detroit ran the football really well with Gibbs and Montgomery. Had a great balance, and that to me was the key in the in the, in the the last uh, 10 minutes of the ballgame. So I finally found it. Kyra Williams around the third quarter, he was already dealing with something, and then he hurt his hand, and that's when he was questionable return. I don't think he ever played again from that point on. So he was yeah. dealing with something. I thought in that line there was a moment, and if if you remember, it was around the uh, – it was towards the end of the second quarter. It was right after Stafford found Tutu Atwell on a busted coverage to to mm-hmm. cut it to 21-17. to 17. The Lions get the ball, and Goff has this play where he almost reverts back to bad golf. He, like, gets pressure on him. And he decides he's going to try to toss it back to his tight end, and he shovel pass it. It was a fumble. Luckily, the Lions fall on it, and they kind of get away from that drive. Like, hey, let's just survive. We're almost to halftime. That they run it like two more times and punt, and they go to half. And then the second half, golf. I think he just needed that moment. The coach even knew he's like, oh, we just got to calm him down. He got a little too amped up there, and I got to give golf credit. He was making some really good throws. I thought Laporta battled through there and was mm-hmm. solid. I mean, he wasn't normal Sam Laporta, but he was good. Amon Ra was really good. I thought they ran the ball good. And I got to give a lot of credit to their defense because I was with you, Tony. Stafford was eating them alive. He was dealing. Like, he looked really good. 
and Puka was going nuts. And I think they asked Dan Campbell at halftime, I think it was, he was walking off, and he goes, well, they didn't punt the entire first half, so if we can just get them to punt some, we'll win this game. <laughs> and Aaron Glenn came in, and that wasn't punts, but they held him to field goals, in the red, specifically in the red zone. And I thought Collinsworth nailed this. They were calling that, I believe, and Collinsworth said they're getting too predictable with they're driving up and down the field and in the red zone. They, they really want to go to Cooper Cup. And I think the Lions knew that. If we can just take Cooper Cup out, yeah. then we can get him to kick field goals. And that's what it came down to. They just The Rams kept kicking field goals in that towards the end of the game. And it was fun. I, I was rooting for either team. Like I was kind of, it was a fun game to watch one because it was up and down pops. But also, I was kind of happy with either outcome. Like it was after, I was like, well, that's cool for the Lions. Like that's cool for Dan Campbell and golf and Detroit. Like, man, I wouldn't mind seeing Detroit keep winning. Me too. Me too. Uh, Tammy had asked me, you know, who are you rooting for in this game? And I found myself pulling a little bit for Detroit because um, I've, I've come to like Dan Campbell, you know, quite a bit. And, and I like to see golf doing well, but I'm a Stafford fan. I do like Stafford. And man, he still got a live arm. He was, he was throwing that ball. And, and that's what I noticed. Passes. That arm still looks really good. That arm still looks alive, man. He, he, I, I think he's a tough SOB. I just, I, I really, I like I like both those. I like that game. I, I wanted so I was hard. I was really having a hard time, but I was rooting for Detroit. I'm glad they won, and I hope they make a little noise in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, golf at any point he did a real good job because I think he did not want this game to be about him at all. He didn't want it to be about me going against my own team that basically just threw me in that trade as a cap filler. Like they were just basically giving him away, and he really downplayed it. I thought, well, after you win, and he went 22 for 27, 277 yards. He could have kind of took a victory lap, and still after the game, he didn't make it. A, it was just really cool by golf. Golf had he could have at any point done it, and I would have been like, you know what, you kind of earned it. You've been balling the last two years, and you beat your old team. And he still was just like, oh, it's just great to win. I just love winning with this team, and he's really easy to root for. At times, he looks a little goofy to me. Yeah, not like a franchise quarterback. I don't know. This isn't this isn't anal- analytical. This is just he looks a little like a goofball, but. He carried himself really well over, since that trade and before and after that game. And they, who are they going to have next, Tony? It's at home. They get a home Buccaneers. <clears throat> yeah. So it almost like a bottom line. They maybe should have beat the Cowboys. And if they would have beat the Cowboys, they'd get a home playoff game. But the Cowboys choked it away anyway. So they they still get their home playoff game against the Bucks, and they're live in that one to move forward. And I think Tony, you're right. They didn't do it as well as I thought they should have. They got away a little at one point. But they just need to let David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs lead them and then hit start hitting you on those seams with Amon Ra and Jameson Williams and even Laporta some. Because those yeah. guys look fresh running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Where does do. Amon Ra stand in in the in the I mean, he he's a top ten receiver, isn't he? He's gotta be hovering his names I would say Tony, it's hovering right in the top five. Sometimes he gets yeah. right outside of that name, that yeah. list, but he's in that Maybe not that top three category, but right right outside looking. Yeah, at he's one of the best route runners in the league. I, I say he's top three as far as our route runners. He and Devontae Smith may be the best route runners. He's not as physical, right? Puka Nakua is a physical yeah, wide receiver right. in that game. Just precarious. But you look at Stephon Diggs, physical receiver. Um, you look at um, A.J. Brown, physical receiver. Um and uh, you, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson is another great route runner, but just just taller. But Amon Ra just gets open and and finds himself in a space, and he's a great route runner. So I, yeah, he's he's really good. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Amon yeah. Ra. 
Yeah. So he's we'll tough. probably he's go tough through. Too. The, he's tough. Yeah. Yeah, he is. We'll probably go through these games a little quicker, but I want to touch on. I mean, CJ Stroud and the Texans had about as impressive a performance I've seen by a rookie. I mean, Jordan Love was a first, first time, it was his first playoff game, but he's been in the league a little while. CJ Stroud just continues to just ball out up there in Houston, Tony. And I don't think they beat the Ravens, but CJ Stroud does not seem scared at all. He gives that same vibe no. that a Joe Burrow gives to a team where it's just like, well, he's confident and he can he can deal. His arm looks good. He does that same stuff we were talking about with Jordan Love, where just gets out of pressure and kind of flicks his arm and just looks good. Nico Collins looks good. I don't know. I did not expect them. I thought they could win. Forty five to fourteen was shocking. Crazy. To me in that so game. this is one where I either either and you say the one either I'm stupid or <laughs> the Cleveland Browns really are not that good. And uh, you know, coming from that division with uh, Pittsburgh. Cleveland, Cincinnati, and and Baltimore, it's the complete opposite of the NFC East. The, all those teams are really, really good, and I expected Cleveland to do better. And they flat just got blitzkrieg. And so I was really disappointed. That was a disappointing game for me, as I thought Cleveland, would sh- their defense would show up better. But, man, Stroud, it was lightning strikes. You know, Nico Collins, 75 yards, boom, done. And then all of a sudden they turn around uh, – uh, Brevin Jordan, I think. Boom, 74 yards, done. And it's just, you know, they just really were. And once that was in, they were, they were, they were done. And, uh, and Joe Flacco showed his weaknesses in that game. And he and had that so, moment where he, he had threw back to back pick sixes. I don't know how often that's ever happened, but yeah, it was kind went, of that, oh, oh, there's Joe Flacco yeah. turned into a pumpkin a little bit. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where, so if you take those away, it's still, it's a much closer game, you know, but that's part of it, right? Um, uh, but it's you know, but still, I, I they truly dominated. I was really disappointed in that game. I thought Cleveland would. I thought Cleveland was going to win that game. And but Houston obviously is at a point now where they're we're just not glad we're here. We're here to win. So, well, and that's what they they keep doing. That like they and it's similar to the Packers even a little where it's like they're almost too young not to know that they shouldn't necessarily be in these games and they're playing right. good. And I, I'll tell you a name. Who's, he was already kind of being mentioned around for head coaching jobs, but Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, the game plan he drew up to basically get out of – because Miles Garrett has been wrecking – like that defense is good. That whole uh, Cleveland but, defense is good. Wasn't but it, it the best defense in the league coming in yeah. maybe? It was. And, and it predicates yeah. though off – Miles Garrett is just blowing stuff up. And then then on top of that, everyone else is great. And they ran – they were running rollouts towards his side. Like they were doing things where they weren't – avoiding him necessarily they were just doing so much around him that then he started playing the little hesitation and then like tony was saying they got out of it just got out of hand after those two pick sixes you kind of the game got away from you and it's over but that slow it drew up a good game plan and stroud's good and i mean stroud might just be one of those quarterbacks that's now in that conversation i mean it's a little early to go ahead and pop him in that conversation with some of the allens and mahomes of the world but He's showing signs that he might end up being one of those kind of guys. And Houston, their future looks real bright because they're really young. Real young. That's uh, real young. Did you hear me, Jerry? Real young. Y-O-U-N-G. Young. Chiefs Dolphins, as you, we talked about this, and um, I went to a, an establishment that has TVs and served drinks with a couple of buddies of mine. And we, had, we were told that, oh, yeah, yeah, we got Peacock. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a game up. 
they couldn't figure out how to get Peacock on their their bar TV. So I was kind of watching on my phone a little and it was hard to watch. But Tony, was it just the Chiefs are a different level than the Dolphins to a not that good of a quarterback? Was the weather just that cold? Like what what was your read on that game? No, I so that was two, two things. We the Chiefs have a different personality, um, uh, very much defense oriented at this point in time. And, and Patrick Mahomes had a really good game, and you can see the difference in Travis Kelsey getting a week off. I, I thought he was very effective. Um, we'll see if he can continue that next weekend. But I'll tell you, it was effective. Rasheed Rice, Rasheed Rice. Well, yeah. So the athlete took over, right? So what happened? Miami is really hurt. Of all the teams in the league, mm-hmm. they probably are the most hurt. Now, again, they are a very make-it-or-break-it kind of team that very depend upon the big play. And it, it, the Chiefs played it soft enough where they couldn't get that. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a couple of big plays, but Mostert didn't break out. A-Chan didn't break out. And uh, Tua had no other – you know, Waddle was limited. Uh, he wasn't his same self. They don't have a tight end that they can really turn to. And so that just it just it, there was too there were too many negatives to face the defending Super Bowl champions at home at minus ten degrees. There was just too much there, and I think that's what you saw is the Chiefs took the elements and, and won that football game the way they should have. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think a lot of it was the elements did impact the Dolphins, and I just think the Dolphins are a really banged up team, and and the Chiefs they know how, like. Mahomes is not yet, and we know he could at any point, but he realizes what he's got too, I think. And he's like, oh, I got a good enough defense. We we score 10, and they might be in this game. I don't need to force anything. Let's just keep it simple. And that's what they did. And I think they're definitely live moving forward. And, Pops, I'm really interested. We get Mahomes, Josh Allen. Is it part three in the playoffs? Is I think, I think I mean, that, so. What, that game is exciting. I'm pumped for that game, Pops. Yeah. In Buffalo, I believe, right? And it's going to be in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Patrick but, Mahomes' first road playoff game of mm-hmm. his career because Super Bowls are always neutral. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. I will watch, even though my Cowboys are out. I will watch that football game for sure. But but yeah, I, I think just to, to, to piggyback on what y'all said a little bit, I think that the Dolphins were really hurt. I think that the Kansas City defense really showed up. I mean, they really had that one play. I think wasn't that Tyreek Hill that caught that caught that pass and, and made that touchdown. Yarder. That that was about that was it. You know, that was really it. Yeah. That was that was it. So I think that defense and 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 the temperature certainly doesn't probably help a, a team like Miami uh, at all. I don't know that that helps anybody. That sure looked dangerous to play, and it hurt just watching them. Uh, that damn, you know, uh, Mahomes don't... helmet getting cracked. I mean, you know. And then did you see that picture? Kind of where Zelaya tweeted something. It was like. Man, Coach Reed was telling me something in the third quarter, and I really just couldn't even listen to him because I was distracted by his mustache. And there's a picture. His yeah. mustache is like like snot frozen on it because it was terrible. so – That looked miserable. I mean, absolutely miserable to be at. I don't know why – I, And I love being a fan and going to the games, and I'll get a little crazy, but I just – have you been when it's, when it's really cold? I have trouble talking sometimes. You, you, I have trouble verbalizing just the cold. It, it – that that's really cold. I don't like to be in that. It got to single well, digits here this weekend, and, and it was miserable. <laughs> and there was a spot. I don't know if you saw this, Tony. You might have seen it uh, across your phone, but uh, Legarius Sneed at one point really jammed uh, Tyree Kill. Just I mean, it was really good. Not many people can do that. Tyree Kill. Legarius Sneed's a very good corner. And NFL.com or whoever like posted it 
And Tyreek Hill quoted the tweet. It was like, he jammed my ass all the way to Cancun because that there's, and, and you know, what? that's Tyreek Hill just going, yeah, they were the better team. Like we didn't lose because we got cheated or yeah. because we should have like, they just beat us. And yeah, you know what? I, credit to Tyreek Hill. You know, sometimes when you lose, there ain't nothing to say, but yeah, we got our ass beat. Like that's, yep, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything to talk about in that um, Steelers Bills, or I mean, kind of what we expected a little? Just <laughs> they were who we thought they were. <laughs> I still think it's insane, pops. I don't know if you saw after the game, a reporter went to ask Mike Tomlin about his contract status and will he be back, and he just and he walked, walked off. off. The, yeah. Well, and then I, uh, this morning on Wednesday morning, he told the team he'll be returning as head coach, and it sounds yeah. like he is going to return as head coach. Yeah. And that team overachieved to win ten games with what they were doing. They were man. They they should they had no business winning ten games. So I don't know why you're talking. Get rid of Mike Tomlin. I think I that's mean crazy I, I would fire McCarthy if Mike Tomlin would come coaches. <laughs> I mean in a second I would do that. But that yeah, team I, was like a five win team and they they won ten and they still even played like there was a part in that second or maybe third quarter. I think it was in the second where they kind of showed a little sign of life and I thought hey I mean if the ball if they get a lucky Josh Allen turnover or something. They might be back in this thing. Well, they, that's common. They played was hard that the for that blocked guy. kick. Maybe they had the blocked field yeah, goal yeah. right kind of before the half, which I remember telling Tammy that guy's hand hurts because that football was God. hard. Golly, but, that football had to have been hard. But that I, then they they scored on that one, I think, and then did maybe got the ball at the first of the second half. But anyway, for a minute it was in uh, doubt. I mean, the the Pittsburgh did make it a game. In, in this, yeah, segment. and and that's that's credit to they they were without T.J. Watt, they were outmanned, outgunned, and Mike T. is a really good coach. I just think it's you, they do need a quarter. I think they need a quarterback change. I don't think Pickett's the answer, right. but a coach is the know. coach is not the issue in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's had three coaches at, like ever, right, or something. As they, far as I know, three fire for all coach. time. Yeah, three, three. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, yeah. Mike Tomlin. That's it. That's nuts. That's absolutely uh, you know, nuts. Can I have a, a quick complaint, Tony? Why sure. do we do the? We don't have to do the Monday night game. I know no. one game got rescheduled to Monday, and I understand why they did that because that was like you don't need fans trying to get to the game when that was very dangerous driving conditions. But and I, I know it's ESPN just money making, but let's just keep it to the weekend. Like I, this divisional round, this typically to me is the best weekend of football. I know there's not as many games. But usually you get four solid games in the division yeah. round. Yeah. I, and I'm Saturday and Sunday and not on I'm, Monday night. I, yeah, I'm absolutely. And and um yeah, I got the uh I got the side eye from uh my wife uh for that. It's like, oh, there's a game Monday? I got that. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, so, that, that question we're like, wait, there's another yeah. game tonight. And there's another like, game? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think uh she's actually um she's lobbying for a, a position on the podcast for angry. Thankfully the Eagles also didn't want to play on Monday so, nights. Yeah. <laughs> so um uh, so and I, I think she And she likes it, football. I mean <laughs> she likes football. And but yeah, yeah. You should have heard last night of that basketball game basketball game. But anyway, Ooh. um Paint was peeling, and, and so, uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I th- we don't need that. Let's Saturday and Sunday is is just fine, right? Just there's fine. enough and, time to stretch them out where they're all standalone games, you know. Yeah, and they've it's done that. And now they're doing it. The, the, it's all it's staggered this weekend too, because Saturday is that late afternoon and Saturday night, and then Sunday is two and five. It, it's uh, just 
Could we just have something regular, man? <laughs> Where's John Madden when you need him, right? You know, golly, the ghost of Pat Summerall needs to come back and haunt the NFL front office. I don't know. So before we get to some picks here, was there any other notes? I know you got some uh, notes and thoughts from Prestige Worldwide. Was there anything we missed on the earlier games, Tony? Uh, you, you know, uh, no, I think we uh, we hit it pretty good. I, I think that, uh, um, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, interesting <laughs> that um, – and we talked about the Chiefs defense. I think that's going to be key. We'll talk about it here again in a second. But I, they got I, another guy on the defensive line. I can't remember his name, but he's it's not Jones, obviously. But there's another guy that's looks really good, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name because he was kind of a no name, at least to yeah, me. Yeah, and they're filling. I'm the sure middle. Prestige Worldwide would know them all, but but, but it, he he did say something interesting, and I do think this is something that I think that came out of this weekend, and that is that there is a resurgence of young teams when we look at the Texans and the Packers. Uh, and the resurgence that they, and, and, and to some uh, extent, the Lions. I was about uh, to say the Lions to some extent. Yeah, and, and so I that is great to see. Um, and, and so uh, I, I think see look at that and those young teams and getting themselves set up. It's it, football is going to be all right. And so I, I think that the, that was really fun to watch to see those young teams having success. Yeah, I mean, looking at the quarterbacks in the playoffs still, you got Stroud, Lamar, Jordan Love, Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Goff, Mahomes, Allen. I mean, none of these are guys that I think are retiring, you know, soon. And I'm not putting them all in the same category. It's just you got a lot lot of good young quarterbacks and and good young teams. Yeah. I got something I wanted to mention. Go ahead, Pops. Um, Yeah. And I don't know if this is the time, but Jason Kelsey is is retiring. and. And so, yeah. certainly, I do think he is is one of the better centers. Is well, and let me just thirteen seasons, all with Philly, seven time Pro Bowler, six time All Pro, selected as one of people's sexiest men alive. What the hell? I don't know. Don't get that. Uh, but and I, you can look up his stats. It's funny. Look up stats for an offensive lineman. <laughs> it's a bunch of games played sixteen, games played seventeen, whatever. But here's my question about that, and I do think Kelsey probably is a Hall of Famer. I, I, you know, I, I don't know that I knew who he was until I knew who Travis Kelsey was. I mean, is that did, so? He was a did good. He's been a know? good. Really I mean, good I, I might have heard of him, but Travis Kelsey put Jason Kelsey on the map. Am I, am I wrong? I mean, and I like Jason Kelsey. Don't get me wrong. I think Travis Kelsey put Jason Kelsey on the map to just like the general audience out there, the ones that aren't really watching maybe, but if you, the, the, the Eagles, Jason Kelsey has been really, really good for the Eagles for a decade. I don't know if I would say put him on the map. He put on the map as a personality because they are two right. Because you didn't realize he's people, right? yeah. They he are. didn't talk yeah. like that either. And and I think last year's Super Bowl really put Jason Kelsey on the map for sure. Let's not talk about that other thing going on with the Kelsey family. The uh, but I think last year with the mom and them both being the Super Bowl, then they did a reality show together. All that happened because of that Super Bowl, and I think that's what you know made Jason Kelsey a little more of a known uh, name. And I, I don't know why I'm blanking on this. I can't believe it. As I just had him, the, the, the lineman for the uh, lift, you probably know, the lineman for the Houston Oilers that was so good, tackle, 
first ballot Hall of Famer, um, not Mark Schlereth, but um, oh, for gosh. the Oilers Sinners? family family of linemen. Well, uh, oh yeah, I do know who you're talking about. Um, the whole, Matthews, Matthews, Bruce Matthews. Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Matthews? It, was, it was Buffalo. I said uh, Oilers. No, it was Houston Oilers. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah it's Houston Bruce Oilers. Matthews. So everybody kind of knew Bruce Matthews, right? I think Jason Kelsey's kind of the same way because of they knew Bruce Matthews because of Earl Campbell. And so because, you know, you saw him. I think Kelsey with the tush push all of a sudden became known and, and the Super Bowl run. And, and he's a Super Bowl winner. And so uh, started he's been known in Philly – and as an all pro for a long time. And so I, I think though that from a personality perspective, is the Super Bowl last year is what what, what got him in. Well, because yeah, story. like yeah. the same way you're reading off center stats, the centers aren't coming up to the the media is not asking for the center to come to the podium after the game, you know. No. So you're not right hearing clips from <laughs> there was a I don't did y'all hear the quote today um that was um uh that uh Jalen Hurts uh, announced when they would do the tush push. They were well, that Kelsey, Kelsey would go f my life or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So Hurt said this is true, and Kelsey had said it, and then Hurt said this it was true. So every time they call that play and they go hut, he would yell out, "Fuck my life!" <laughs> he would drive in. Because he's the guy well, at the bottom, right? He's the guy at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. He's the one that makes it work, right? Because he he's the one that's got to get lower than the guy across from him. These are 300-pound guys. And so every time he snapped the ball, fuck my life. Well, because then, Tony, on top of that, getting low and just ramming your body into a crowd of men. But then he's at the bottom, so they're You're all the dogpiled. And everyone's on. And he can't just get up. He's got to wait until they all take the bodies off. And- so can you – it's got to be miserable. Be the other lineman when you know it's coming. You know it's coming, and you know he's going to say it, and there may be 80,000 people screaming, but you know he's going to do it, and you know you can hear him do it. it just, <laughs> that's just got to be hilarious. You know? Oh, that's funny. That's, that's It'd be hard one. not to, that, that's, to at that's least normal. crack a little bit of a laugh, like as yeah. you're just. So, do y'all agree? Is he first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, I think he's, he's probably some, I think he's one of the best centers of all time. I mean, since he's, they, yeah, since they started keeping those specific types of stats for effectiveness of linemen, he he leads everybody. Not only centers, he leads a lot of different positions for for yeah. for efficiency at that at the linemen. I think he led, led the league last year in number of uh, he had zero sacks, but one point something percent. Of losses uh, on pass like pass play. pass block, uh, and he like, was yeah, one point seven this year. He's one point three last year, so he's going out. If he does retire, he's going out still being a very good ball player. Um, yeah, I think he's first ballot. And and the Kelsey yeah, he's thing not, now doesn't hurt. He's not even. I mean, he's getting old, but not even crazy old. I think just yeah, thirty like we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. older than I thought. Then, but but I just got to imagine as we just said, it can't be fun knowing. There's going to be about four plays a game where I'm just going to yell "f my life" and have <laughs> 21 huge men on top of me. So it's yeah, just, just think uh, two tons that, of man. beef on top of you. You know, <laughs> fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking ahead to this week, um, Tony, give me the game you're most intrigued by, Ooh. and then give me a winner. Okay, so I, I have lots of winners in whatever order. In whatever Ooh. order. 
Okay. He's got so lots of winners, Pops. I got lots of winners, but I really, so I'm really intrigued by the Saturday games. I like all the games, but I really like the Packers 49ers game. I think that's going to be a fun game. Uh, I, I think the Lions are going to blow out the Buccaneers. And I'll talk about the second. So I, so for me, and that not even Chiefs Bills will be entertaining as well. But I, I like the Lions at home minus six and a half. Um, I've been a Ravens guy all year long, but I think this is the best play of the weekend because the Buccaneers gave the Eagles every chance in the book to beat them, and the Eagles just were like. Eh. The Lions are not, eh, they're as far from eh, as you can get. And so the Buccaneers are still going to give them those chances. And I think the Lions are just going to wipe the floor with them. Uh, the, the Buccaneers cannot run the football. Uh, the Lions do not let you run the football. That's going to be, the Buccaneers are only going to be able to do one thing. Now the Lions are very poor at pass defense, but when you can completely shut down the run game, I think they can survive that. And the Buccaneers are very poor at pass defense as well. And so I and Detroit will run the football on them so they can play be balanced. I like the Lions being at home less than a touchdown favorite. I like the I like the Lions minus six and a half. Yeah, and I'm a little worried if Baker Mayfield's fully healthy. And Aiden Hutchinson played like a man with the head of, his head on fire the other night. I mean, he was yeah. in the backfield a lot against the Rams, so I'm worried he might be in the backfield a lot against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. So that's a good pick. I like that, Tony. Pops, what about you? You got a winner? Uh, a winner, I think. I mean, I'm looking at Kansas City getting two and a half points going to Buffalo. I mean, the way they're playing, the way that defense is playing. I mean, I think Buffalo, the, the magic could run out. I'm going to take Kansas City and get. If you're going to give me two and a half, I'll take it. Can you give me? There's only been one other time where Patrick Mahomes was an underdog in the playoffs. Can you name the opposing quarterback he was against? Had to have been that first year. Uh, Josh Allen? Yeah, maybe. It would be Jalen Hurts this past year in the Super Bowl. They were two-and-a-half-point dogs. Other than that, he's always been favored because they're always at home, so he's almost always favored. But I think think basically Vegas is saying it's a pick-em game. They're just giving Buffalo a few points for being in Buffalo. Uh, Okay, I, I don't hate that pick either, Pops, and I'm really torn. I think I'm just going to take – I'm going to stay away from the spreads here, and I'm just going to give me over in the Texans-Ravens. I think there's some points scored in that Texans-Ravens game because I think the Texans – Ravens probably beat them pretty good, but the Texans just keep battling. And even if there's some garbage scores, they're going to keep going. 43 and a half is what I'm seeing. 43 and a half is what I'm seeing. So I'm going to go over 43 and a half. I thought about over in the Lions-Bucks game, but – just not sure. And then that Chiefs Bills, I wanted to go over there too, Tony, but you just talked about the Chiefs defense has been playing really no, well. I, yeah. And I could see that I could see that going a lot of ways. I could see that being an Allen Mahomes just if that's on fire. A, if, if that's an over, the Bills are winning. I'll just say that because I think that's what the Bills want that to be an up yeah. and down game. And you know, and here's it really scares me. I like that game, but Dad Gummit, the the Bills had the opportunity to just put the Steelers away and they couldn't do it. And yeah. and so I'm really concerned about that game. It this should be the Bills turn. It fourth you know, fourth time's a charm. <laughs> but you know it, uh they ought to win this game. They're running the football better than they ever have. 
They've got quality uh, on the. Um, they've got quality on the edges, uh, and I, I don't understand. Dalton Kincaid is truly a weapon now. Uh, he's no longer a rookie. I, I, there's there's no reason they shouldn't win this game, except at the Bills. I it's just but but y- you know I. Uh, it, it, I'm with I you. I mean, this, this game screams Bills to me, but I just <laughs> to me the game screams Bills. They're playing well. They got it at home, but I just yeah, Mahomes I, is gonna. Allen could have a couple picks, leave the Chiefs in it, and then you got if there's a if this game gets down to four minutes left, the Chiefs are down three with the ball. I'm gonna be just if I'm a Bills fan, I'm just you know tightening my. My, my butthole a little bit because I'm yeah. worried about that guy on the other side of the field. The Bills, the Bills have a history of this, right? So there was a time back in the '90s where the Buffalo Bills were f- a phenomenal football team, but they just couldn't win a Super Bowl and lost. It was it four in a row, Liv? They lost. I thought it was three in a row. Three in a row, but four, four overall. I they couldn't yeah. beat. They couldn't beat the Cowboys, and they lost couldn't to the beat Cowboys twice. Twice, and so it's like you know, it's their turn. It's their turn. It never was. This may be the same thing with the Chiefs. It's just it's never their turn against the Chiefs. Four times in a row, the Bills lost the Super Bowl: ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, and ninety four. God, that's just brutal wow. to they, get to the Super Bowl. They had some times Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Thurman Thomas. Andre mm-hmm. Reed. They they were a phenomenal team. Just couldn't win the Super Bowl, and you always lost the Giants by they one. Bruce Smith, Smith back then, then Redskins Bruce and Smith. Dallas yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, it was a great team. So all that to say is that game scares me. They ought to win, but Kansas City's defense is a whole lot better than they used to be. And there's just a chance where if it starts to get that way, where it, you know, it, there's no way, there's no stat to really do this, but there's something about it. if it starts to unravel and the Bills start going. Oh no! It's about to happen again. You know we're about to let him get away again, and Mahomes is going to do it. And they start getting tense and playing a little tense. That one intrigues me, uh, Tony. No one put it in, but you mentioned it earlier. Not, that Packers 49ers game is going to be interesting. I think the 49ers yes. probably should win and win by ten. But yes, I'm not saying the Packers are out. They have a chance. I think so. So here's here's what I think is the best bet of the day for a return. Um, feel like I'm now that guy in casino with my big glasses. The best bet of the day is if you – the Packers' money line. Because here's the thing. I, the Packers truly have a chance to beat the 49ers. And in, in uh, this game started out as a 10-point spread. It's down to 9.5. In, in some cases, it's going up to 9. The money is going way over to the Packers from a uh, uh, from a public perspective. But – Here's the thing that that killed the Cowboys, and I think will kill the 49ers. We talk about their defense. Jordan Love can throw out of the pocket, and if he can get away from that rush, they have quality uh, receivers all across the field. They have a quality. They have a plus running back. I think they can make life hard for the 49ers, and 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 I don't know that Brock Purdy is ready for this. He's just as ready as Jordan Love is. And so I, 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 you know, the 49ers should win, but boy, it would be a really good bet if you're getting, I don't know what the money line is for the Packers plus, plus 360. That is a great bet, right? Uh, that's a great bet. And so, cause they got a chance nine and a half is a lot, but they got a chance and the 49ers should just wipe the face of the earth with them, but I don't think they will. 
That one, that one's gonna be fun. And then you also get a little bit of Lafleur Shanahan. They're friends, but they also like you know it's almost like brothers going against each other. Like you still want to. It's nice to get the bragging rights over. You yeah. want to beat them. So that one's gonna be fun. I think we're set up for a fun. fun I week sure of hope so because it sure I, needs I to be better good. than this past weekend. Because like you well, said, the good other thing than is, one game, we don't have to watch that stupid team that resides in Dallas. So we don't yep. have to worry about them. So good, good riddance as you know, the, the Cowboys' only home team to lose this weekend. God, they're a joke. Um, Pops, do you have any bougie problems other than for some reason you root for the Cowboys and you've got me rooting for the Cowboys? Other than those problems that we have? Well, I guess my dad started me on it too. So, no, that's the only bougie problem I have is the Dallas effing Cowboys. The cold? Yeah, I thought maybe this weather might have had you with the bougie problem because LJ would scoff at us. But, you know, we've been down in the 20s. Teens, even the feels like kind of in the single digits at times. Well, I will tell you, I will have a bougie problem when I get my water bill next month because I have been dripping faucets all over the house. Um, I mean, I think I've made hey, it's it worth true. it on that high water bill than a busted pipe. I mean, that busted, busted pipe. pipe is right. problem you don't know, need to have. <laughs> busted pipes are bitch, man. You know, <laughs> that's so scat. You think those Saskatchewans are bad? What you got a busted pipe? Been through it before. Um, yep, I know. Hey, I you know, so I, here's a shout out. Um, so we think we've got it bad, but we have some listeners out in Portland that uh, are podcast listeners, and I'm not saying they're my cinnamon connection, but anyway, <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna see really bad weather, check out some of the video from the West uh, uh, Oregon and Washington last weekend. 80 mile an hour winds and uh, and driving sleet, that is just not fun. So imagine, if you will, <laughs> standing out on a parking lot with 80 mile an hour winds and somebody somebody pelting you with ice. It's not fun. And so I'm not I'm not gonna complain at all about my weather here after seeing that. So shout out to our our, our good buddies out there in Portland uh, with the podcast and uh uh, it's just I'm, like when LJ kind of scoffs at me, complaining about cold weather, and talks about his weather. The same for the, uh, our buddies in Portland. More power to you. I don't know how you do it because I mean, I'm moving slow in this weather. It hurts. It's bitter. That wind starts blowing, and your ears start hurting. I, I don't know. Hate I, there's things. You get boogers in your stash. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible. So stay boogers inside. In your dripping stash. faucets and. I th- that was an Offspring song, wasn't it? Boogers in your stash. I don't don't know, oh, Tony. Could okay. be. Anyway, Uncle Tony, you've probably been having to work remote, so I don't know what the if that means you're getting new concoctions of your drink. What's Uncle Tony drinking tonight? So yeah, so I have we've been working remote for three days now. I'm I'm flashing back to 2020, but I have two drinks tonight. Uh, in the and, and both of them have a little meaning behind them. The first one is I made one of my world famous Irish coffees. Um, that we learned how to make at the Buena Vista Cafe in San Francisco. If you're ever in San Francisco, go to Buena Vista Cafe at the bottom of the uh, Powell Hyde uh, streetcar, or excuse me, um, cable car run and get an Irish coffee uh, original. It's awesome. It's so damn cold. When you're cold, there ain't nothing better than an Irish coffee. I'm just telling you. It was really good. So that warmed me up tonight. But then another great listener of the pod, um, uh, you showed John us two empty glasses, Kevin. Just yeah. By the way, <laughs> uh, this is what Uncle Tony was drinking. Was drinking. I, I was, what were what I, you drinking? What I was drinking was, uh, and, and so good, our bud John for the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, 
uh, got me a bottle of Eagle Rare uh, bourbon. Uh, this is a straight up. I normally I say, hey, put a little uh, orange bitters or orange slice in your bourbon with a ice cube, and it's perfect. So uh, there, there's a big fans of Eagle Rare, but this is really good. This is my first bottle. This is really good bourbon. It is a classic, oaky, dark, sweet bourbon. I really enjoy it. But you know what? It's rare to have any Eagles in the playoffs. So. <laughs> Here's to the Eagle Rare. There you go. It's always a theme drink with Uncle Tony. That's right. All right. I think that does it for this week. Hopefully, it's a much more enjoyable playoff weekend for us coming up. We don't have to watch Mike McCarthy's goofy-looking uh, face or Dak's big eyes looking scared or any of that nonsense. Mike McCarthy for another fucking year. Hey, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. I, at least for now, I don't have to even ponder about the stupid Cowboys. Dak McCarthy, trade him trade him to the Bears for that first round pick. Do it, and I'll start watching <laughs> him again. Do it. Alright, guys, that'll do it. We'll be back next week for more. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Well, at least they made that announcement before we just did this whole like 20 minutes, fun. like, sh- will they fire him? Should they fire yeah. him? You know. Yeah, did y'all listen to good. the last one? LJ put in a little uh, interim because we did a lot of talking about coaches going here and there, and, and some of that was decided, yeah. you know, by the time the day is here already. Well, I know we did a lot of speculation on, like, should the Patriots fire him? Like, should that, what'll happen there? And then yeah. by the time the pod came out, it was announced yeah. that he was. Yeah. That was good. Ways. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, I'm yeah, I am so I'm just I'm at this where I was with Jason Garrett. I ju- it just it ju- I cannot it just it just irks me to knowing that we cannot say that we're rebuilding and get a young coach and get a young team and move on. The NFC East, you just just because you win the division every three, two or three years does not mean you're successful. I'm just so tired of this. I'm just so tired of it. <laughs> it ain't worth your energy, Tone. <laughs> I we the buddy this is what makes it so frustrating. So every our little sitting around, what are the top five quarterbacks in Dallas Cowboys history? Who other what other four other franchise are you thinking of? Well, I, I know the top five Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks for me. It's just it's just so frustrating that those that, that they're not in the Super Bowl every three or four years. They, they've got the money. They've got the stadium. They, they got the fan base. It's just. But every year they let us down. Yeah, I guess it's like the Cubs. I guess it might be fifty years more. But the the, the Jimmy Johnson curse is lifted. So maybe yeah, next sure. year is the deal. Next year, maybe. Okay, so it comes in. I was going to say that a lot. Maybe next year. <laughs> next year's our year. You heard it here, baby. Jimmy's Jimmy's in the circle. He's he's in the he, he's in the circle. <laughs>